Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 221, and it will either be the greatest episode in history, or it'll be the episode that history completely forgets. For ladies and gentlemen, this is the Marking Out Party episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. As I said earlier, this is episode 221, and I am your host, Brandon. You can follow me on Twitter at BTTG161. I am being joined by several very special guests today, so allow me to introduce Dave. As always, he's here. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at DaveTheRave underscore M-O. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome as always. Wow, Dave. Wow. Way to start the show and steal my catchphrase. Um, I guess I'm going to go ahead and say that. Well, no, let me ask you how you're... No, because you didn't ask me in the first place. And we went over this last week that you didn't... No, I'll ask you, I'll ask you. Okay, go ahead and ask me. How are you doing this week, Brandon? I am doing awesome as always. Thank you for asking me after that whole fiasco, because I guess that's what you'll do. We are also joined by world-famous comedian, uh, comedian extraordinaire, I don't think you can follow him on Twitter, but allow me to introduce you to the very, very funny Fozzie Bear. Fozzie Bear, how are you doing? I am doing awesome as always. Waka waka. It, it really, it truly is an honor to have you with us today, Fozzie, because, and for you to use my line, man, that, that really, that's like the height of my how career. How come right he's there. allowed to do it, but I can't? Well, simply put, because Fozzie Bear is a legend of film, television, and comedy, and the only thing that you're really a legend is a legend at is cheating at SmackDown vs. Raw, so... I don't cheat, I win! Eddie Guerrero over here, huh? Oh, brother. I thought I was gonna be on the show to talk about Honey, Brandon, and Fozzie, and David. Well, I was actually gonna introduce you after everything, but uh, since you're already talking, ladies and gentlemen, I am also joined by the very legendary bear himself, Winnie the Pooh. I thought for sure you were going to introduce me, Brendan. No, 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 no. You don't get to be here, Yogi. You stole my picnic basket. Oh, Brandon, did it have any honey in it? Any honey in it? He wasn't feeding bees. He was feeding bee to the G's. Waka waka. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good one, Fozzie. Thank you. What? Do I, do I actually have to sit here and pretend to laugh at your jokes? Well, that, that'd be nice, but I guess you don't have to. Anyway, let's kick this episode off right with some fan questions and comments. Oh dear, I'm afraid I have to leave. Piglet, Christopher Robin, and me have to go find Eeyore's tail. Think, think, think. Well, that's, that's quite alright, Pooh. And uh, I do hope that you find Eeyore's tail. And I guess thank you for being on this short, short little while. But uh, up first, a question from Eric at MTL Broski, Montreal Broski on Twitter. Here it is. What do you guys think will happen with Daniel Bryan and the Intercontinental Championship? Uh, as everybody knows, Daniel Bryan is out with an injury. And uh, couldn't defend the championship this past Sunday at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Which my prediction came right. And Adrian, uh, dang it, Neville, t 
took on Bad News Barrett instead of Daniel Bryan. Yeah, uh, yeah, he did. But uh, we'll get to that uh, in a little bit. But as for Daniel Bryan, he is injured. He's out with a shoulder injury. And uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like last year with WrestleMania, how he won the championship and he got injured right away almost. So here, do they strip him? Do they not strip him? Will he be out? For six months? Will he be out for five weeks? Nobody knows. Hopefully he doesn't have to retire early like Edge had to. Um, I just, hopefully Daniel Bryan can return and be safe and everything. So, up next we have... Hey, hey Brandon, can I do my impression of Christopher Walken now? Yeah, I guess. You could You could even, uh, you could read the next one. Up next we have a question from Jasmine... She writes in, hey, guys, I hope you're enjoying this nice weather as much as I am. Thanks for bringing us yet another awesome episode of the podcast. I agree with what you guys are saying about how you guys hope that the winner or winners of this upcoming Tough Enough season will be able to stay with WWE for longer than the previous winners have. It sucks that some of these people didn't spend much time in WWE. It's kind of crazy how runner-ups and other contestants have had more successful run than those who have actually won Tough Enough. Yeah, it is kind of crazy that people from Tough Enough went on to become superstars and divas, uh, more famous. I mean, I guess the biggest flops of Tough Enough would have been... Daniel Pewter and Andy Levine, or Andy Levine, however you pronounce that. But, I, I mean, I guess you could even say Linda Miles, too. Um, hopefully this season of Tough Enough is good and produces even more than just the winners of uh, the, the cast. So, hopefully there will be some good gems in the cast to get signed to WWE and actually go on to become something there. Jasmine also went on to ask, saying, I also wanted to ask you guys about your thoughts on Unfiltered, the new WWE show that debuted last night after the King of the Ring finals. I personally thought it was quite enjoyable and left me wanting more. It's very, it's a very comfortable show, and I think Renee Young does a wonderful job with making it interesting and casual. What do you guys think? Thanks again at Reverse Enemsage. Uh, I agree. I think it was a, a good show, a good presentation. However, I would have liked for it to have been longer. It, it's definitely a show that I could see being on a, a network like the Travel Channel or the Food Network or something like that. Kind of like a mix of, um, I don't know, like an Anthony Bourdain show with uh, Unwrapped-ish, even though it's not really Unwrapped-like at all with Mark Summers or uh, Carlton from... Fresh Prince, but it's like uh, Corey Graves' new show, Culture Shock. It's it's such a small segment. It's like a 10-minute segment where if you go, uh, they wanted to show in Corey Graves' new show, New York City, Hidden Gems or whatever, there's so many places that you could actually go. You can go to Marvel Studios in New York City and, and have tons of places to go to New York City and make it a 30-minute episode. Like, I think Renee Young's episode should have been at least 30 minutes. It's something I could sit there and watch and not feel almost wasted having just gone to the WWE Network for 10 minutes and put on a show, and then it's over. So, hopefully, I mean, I, I guess maybe if that's the format of the show, they're going to stick with it. But as far as the new shows go on the network, the, the biggest waste, I think, to me, biggest waste of time, money, and effort was the Jerry Springer, Uncensored, or whatever it is. It's like, I, I know Jerry Springer's known for the too hot for TV and everything, but the clips that they showed were just like awful things that we've seen on compilation videos before, and there's nothing really uncensored about it. There's nothing that makes me say, oh, wow, this is really good, and this is something that Jerry Springer should be hosting because it's just something we've seen before. There's nothing, Jerry, Jerry Springer doesn't factor into this at all, so... Uh, that's it for all the comments and questions this week. Thank you to Eric and Jasmine for submitting your questions and comments. Moving on to the WWE pay-per-view that took place this past weekend 
at the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. Even though, I guess, continually WWE says Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. And I guess probably the people of Rosemont, Illinois will probably say Chicago too, even though it's not Chicago, but it's close enough. I personally would be offended if I lived in Rosemont and Chicago kept get that that kept being called Chicago, but I guess you guys could take a shot every time I say Chicago. <laughs> but uh, on to the opening pre-show match. As we said earlier, Daniel Bryan wasn't able to make it uh, due to injury, which I, it's weird that they held off until the pay-per-view to tell us that because I kind of feel like they knew from the start. But I guess uh, I guess they were going to keep that a secret. The opening contest was supposed to be uh, Kid and Cesaro taking on New Day. However, it got changed to Bad News Barrett's match, uh, and they they picked Neville to replace Daniel Bryan in this match, which I, I didn't think Neville was actually going to win this, and Neville did actually defeat Bad News Barrett here, and it was a great match to open the pay-per-view for the pre-show. Uh, I couldn't guess during this match. I couldn't guess who was going to win, and I really thought Bad News Barrett was going to pick up the victory here. But uh, moving on to the actual pay-per-view... It started off with Dean Ambrose versus Luke Harper in the Chicago Street Fight. And it was an, inter an interesting way to actually open the pay-per-view coming off of the Neville match. I'm not a fan of that at all. I think they should have had different matches to open the pay-per-view since people were looking forward to Ambrose versus Harper. Let them wait instead of giving them the match they want to see first up. Uh, the, the match didn't even end there as Luke Harper drove off and Dean Ambrose jumped into the car. Yeah, and uh, I will definitely cover that more so towards uh, when that the finish actually happens. But up next we saw Dolph Ziggler defeated Sheamus in uh, the Kiss Me Arse match. Sheamus tried to get out of kissing Ziggler's ass, but he finally got down on his knees and then he low-blowed. Dolph Ziggler and hit him with a bro kick. Uh, after that, we saw a new day. Nah, I want to do it. I let you say it last week, and you didn't have it written down, so I didn't know if you were going to have it written down this week. Well, I have it written down. It was Biggie Langston. Ah, see? Got you to say Langston. Dang it. But it was Biggie Langston and Kofi Kingston defeating Tyson Kidd and Cesaro to become the new WWE Tag Team Champions. Well, uh, I, I think... I think we should do it. I'm not going to do it. Well, let's just do it. I'm not going to do it. New day. New day. New day. New day. <laughs> well, uh, that was fun. But on to the win. This was very unexpected. And uh, Cesaro hit a bunch of awesome uppercuts in this match. But ultimately, Xavier Woods, he got on the apron. Natalia slapped him. And Kofi Kingston ended up winning by... Holding Cesaro's trunks. So, uh, cheating to win, but uh, I'm fine with that. I think, as much as I didn't want to see Tyson Kidd and Cesaro lose the championship so soon, and I wanted to see them have that lengthy title run, uh, I think this will help New Day become more of a solidified tag team, and it'll help them out in the long run. Up next, this is when Dean Ambrose defeated Luke Harper. I don't like them leaving because you can't see what's going on. They should have had cameras following them like they did in the hardcore era. But there wasn't enough time for a camera guy and a ref to hop in the car. I don't care. It's not fair to the fans and the audience to take the backstage and then not show them anything. Let's let's just let's call Mike Frances and get his opinion on it. Hey, it's Brandon from Cape Town, South Africa. I wanted to discuss the New York Rangers in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're uh, you're coming up next. Uh, Brandon from South Africa. South Africa. Do, do we even do we even screen these calls anymore? Uh, Brandon from South Africa. You're on it. You're on it. I wanted to discuss the WWE pay per view that took place this past weekend. Uh, do you think it was it was a, a right move on WWE's part for Dean Ambrose and Luke Harper to take off during the their match for so long without cameras? Uh, was Dean, Dean Ambrose and what? Luke? Uh, no, Luke Harper. It's uh, it's pro wrestling. Uh, pro wrestling. 
something I, I, I don't know. Look, I, I maybe 16, 17 years old. Man, people, people still watch pro wrestling. I used to watch Argentina Rock. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Pro wrestling. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't tell. Anything. No, no, it, it definitely didn't. But uh, the the car pulled up to the arena as New Day was being interviewed about their win, and Dean Ambrose dove onto the three of them. And once they got back into the actual uh, bowl of the arena, Luke Harper ended up piling a bunch of chairs onto Dean Ambrose, but he was able to escape that, hit the dirty deeds on the chairs. What sucked for me, which I 100% agree with you Dave wow you agree with me is how kind of lazy this segment was they 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 just disappeared for an hour and had zero footage of it they could have gone to Wrigley Field or someplace and Mark. came back an hour later showed the footage from that I think it would have also been cool if they came back during a match during the last man standing match the uh Roman Reigns versus Big Show I don't think they needed to come back during a match the rules there no DQ or whatever so having a street fight intertwined within that match, I thought I thought that that could have been cool. John Cena defeated Rusev in a Russian chain match to retain the United States Championship. I was really, really, really bored during this match, and the rules were that in order to win, you have to touch all four turnbuckle posts consecutively, which in my eyes. John Cena didn't do it. What do you mean he didn't do it? I saw him touch all four corners. Yeah, but he did a, a move to Rusev before touching the final turnbuckles. To, to me, that's not... Oh, come on. You're thinking way too much into this. Rules are rules to me. So whether or not that was consecutive in WWE's eyes, I guess it was. Uh, up next, Nikki Bella defeated Naomi to retain the Divas Championship. Um, Brie ended up kicking Naomi behind the ref's back. Which I think is stupid because why is there now a face person using heel tactics to win against a heel? That didn't make sense to me. Yes, but you have to do anything to retain your championship. Yeah, I guess so. Up next, we saw Roman Reigns defeat Big Show in a last man standing match. Uh, to me, this match just dragged on. It was so long. And it's like, how many times can we see Big Show or somebody crash through the barricade? I don't, I don't get it. Roman Reigns ended up spearing Big Show through the Spanish announce table. Big Show got up from that, and Roman Reigns ended up tipping the other table onto Show. And then he just stood on it while the ref counts 10. Does this mean no more Big Show? I, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't uh, appear on WWE television for a long time. Up next, we saw Bo Dallas cut a promo, and Ryback came out and cut him off. And then he hit him with a meat hook clothesline and shell-shocked him. Bo Dallas should have just left. He keeps getting himself into these situations. His favorite song must be Don't Stop Bo Leaving. <laughs> And uh, for our main event, we saw Seth Rollins defeat Randy Orton in a steel cage match where the RKO was banned. Uh, too many things happened in this match to even make it completely entertaining for me. Kane ended up getting in the ring and J&J Security tried to stop him. He hit both of them with choke slams and then hit one on Randy Orton and followed another followed it up with a choke slam to Seth Rollins. Then he dragged Seth Rollins onto Randy Orton, and Randy Orton kicked out, and Kane went to go after Randy Orton again, but he got RKO'd, which to me, again, stickler for the rules, right then and there, he should have been disqualified, and Seth Rollins should have won. No, no, it was just Randy Orton couldn't use this, the RKO. No, no, it wasn't. It was for the full match. The RKO was banned in the full match. It didn't say Randy Orton can't use the RKO. It said the RKO was banned from the full match. Therefore, after Randy Orton hit the, the RKO, even though Kane wasn't part of the match, should have been disqualified. 
But instead, Randy Orton hit the RKO, and Seth Rollins hit Randy Orton with the RKO, and then he crawled out of the cage. But to me, no RKO means no RKO. Well, that was the pay-per-view. How about we move on to some Monday Night Raw? Mm -hmm. Monday Night Nitro. Seth Rollins kicked off Monday Night Raw with J&J &J Security and Kane to talk about his career. He said he single-handedly defeated Randy Orton at the pay-per-view, which had Randy Orton come out, said he deserved a rematch. Roman Reigns came out and said he took out Big Show and deserves a match against Rollins for the title. Kane said, by the end of the night, we will have the next challenger with the help from the WWE Universe. He announced later that by using the WWE app, fans can vote for a match between Orton or Reigns, but since Seth Rollins was talking down to Kane, he added that it could be against both of them. We saw Bad News Barrett defeat Dolph Ziggler to advance in the King of the Ring tournament. Uh, I thought this was a great match and a great way to start the tournament. After Dolph Ziggler kicked out of Wasteland, uh, I thought for sure Dolph Ziggler would come back and win, uh, especially since he ducked the bullhammer and hit Bad News Barrett with that super kick. But Sheamus came out and distracted him, which allowed Bad News Barrett to hit Dolph Ziggler with the bullhammer. Uh, up next, we saw Biggie Langston defeat Tyson Kidd. Before the match, Xavier Woods tried to get everyone to clap along, saying New Day rocks, but instead everyone chanted New Day sucks. Uh, I really liked that Tyson Kidd stomped along uh, to New Day sucks uh, on Biggie Langston, but Tyson Kidd's control of the match didn't last long as Biggie Langston hit Tyson Kidd with that clothesline, and Xavier, Wood, uh, Xavier Woods then held Tyson Kidd's foot for Langston to pick up the victory. So, uh, and it, it, uh, what I did like about this whole thing was it looks like New Day will be all tag team champions. So all three of them, it'll be sort of free bird rules. That was an awful Michael Hayes impression. Of course it is. Everything on this episode's an awful impression. <laughs> but uh, up next, we had Ryback defeat Bo Dallas. And Bo Dallas said that he didn't like what Ryback did to him at the pay-per-view. And for the most part, Ryback controlled the match. Uh, after he won, the lights went out, and Bray Wyatt appeared in the ring and attacked Ryback. Is it because Bo Dallas is Bray's brother? Wait a minute. Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt are brothers in real life? Yeah, you're you're not supposed to think about that stuff, though, or know it. It's, it's, it's like how you're voiced by Frank Oz, but nobody links you with Yoda. Yoda? <laughs> brothers were not. Up next, we saw John Cena in the ring talking about Extreme Rules and how Lana got Rusev another rematch, and uh, then he announced an I Quit match for Payback. Uh, he issued the Open Challenge, which Heath Slater accepted, which I should have known was too good to be true, as Rusev came out and attacked him. Rusev reminds me of Constantine in my movie from last year. Maybe you have heard of it? Muppets Most Wanted? It's too bad Animal wasn't there to save Heath Slater from Rusev like he was for me and Walter from Constantine. Well, maybe you'd like to challenge John Cena for the United States Championship? That's the last thing anybody wants to say. Well, there's no, there's no reason to be rude to our guest, Dave. But regardless, that's one. What I don't understand is if John Cena has these challenges every single week, why doesn't Rusev just come out and accept any of them? I, I don't understand that. R-Truth defeated Stardust to advance in the King of the Ring tournament. This was very surprising and at the same time, unfortunately, not surprising. The, I know that's pretty contradicting, but it makes sense to me. Why have they allowed Stardust to fall so far? And why does R-Truth get this spot? Someone like Zack Ryder could have been placed here. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it was really unexpected to see R-Truth reverse Stardust springboard kick with a lie detector. You know, I once took a lie detector. Turns out I was standing. Waka waka. Uh, up next, we saw Adam Rose defeat Fon, Fon Dango. You want to you wanna try that one, Fozzie? Fon, Fon Dango? Yeah, Fon Dango jumped out of the ring onto Adam Rose and two Rosebuds. Uh, one of the Rosebuds standing back took her mask off, 
to reveal that she was wearing a Rosa Mendez mask. She then began to wiggle around the ring as if she had to use the bathroom, but couldn't find one, which distracted Fandango, and Rose hit him with the party foul to win. Rosa then cut a promo about Fandango not deserving her, and then awkwardly had a live sex celebration thing with Adam Rose against his will. Very, uh, very uneasy to watch there. Uh, after that, we saw Naomi defeat Brie Bella. Before the match, Brie was being interviewed about Daniel Bryan being injured, and Naomi knocked her down and said nobody cares about her or Daniel Bryan. Naomi, uh, for the match, though, controlled most of it, and the only real thing worth noting here is that Naomi now has her own theme song. I really can't wait to see more of this heel Naomi. I hope she wins the Divas Championship soon. Yeah. And uh, up next, we saw Sheamus defeat Dean Ambrose via disqualification to advance in the King of the Ring tournament. It was a good match between these two, and I really, really wanted Sheamus to win uh, so he could actually go on to win the whole tournament so he'd be a two-time King, King of the Ring winner. Uh, and a lot of people were saying that they wanted Dean Ambrose to win this, uh, the, whole, the whole tournament. Uh, it was a pretty even match between both of them back and forth. Sheamus could pass for my good buddy, Sergeant Pepper Floyd, from Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem if he lets his hair grow. And come to think of it, you could probably pass for Dr. Teeth himself, Brandon. What about me? Who can I pass for? I, I, I don't know. May, maybe Rizzo? Wow, uh, tough break, Dave. Uh, Sheamus hit Dean Ambrose with a bro kick on the outside of the ring, and then Dolph Ziggler ran down and attacked Sheamus. But Dean Ambrose also got hit. So why wasn't it just a no contest? I guess maybe because, I mean, obviously I know why, because Ziggler was going after Sheamus. He, not, it's not like he meant to trample Dean Ambrose or anything. But Up next we saw Damian Sandow in the ring to uh, talk about how he's now going by Damian Sandow and how he's not going to lie to us anymore. Hopefully big things are on the horizon for him. Curtis Axel then came out and spoke about hating people who try to be somebody else. Damian Sandow kept repeating Curtis Axel, and Curtis Axel tried to attack him, but Damian Sandow reversed that and went to go hit the whole Hogan spot thing, but instead of the leg drop, he hit the Kobeo Akiet, which is the elbow of disdain. It was great to see that move back again. It's a shame they got rid of the old theme song, though. Yeah, I I agree 100%. I'm going to miss the Hallelujah Chorus. Up next, Neville defeated Luke Harper okay. to advance in the King of the Ring tournament. Neville hit an incredible springboard moonsault to Luke Harper on the outside. Yeah, there was uh, that was an awesome moonsault there. Uh, unfortunately, there was a poor choice of words by commentary here. JBL said that Neville could be our first high-flying King of the Ring champion, then brought up how Owen was a high-flyer, and Booker T said, well, but he didn't defy gravity, though, which he already apologized for that on Twitter to anyone that was offended by it. Uh, again, I, I just think it was a poor choice of wording, not a, I, I mean, obviously, it's not a jab at Owen. It was just a poor choice of wording, like I already said. But uh, Neville also hit a nice springboard powerbomb during this match. That was, that was pretty cool to see. Uh, up next, we saw the main event. Randy Orton and Roman Reigns team up and defeat Seth Rollins and Kane. For the most part of the match, Kane and Seth Rollins were working together. But at one point, Seth Rollins went to dive to the outside onto Roman Reigns and Randy Orton. But they moved, and he ended up hitting Kane. Kane got pissed and tossed J&J security and uh, then he started fighting Rollins. J&J security belong in a balcony like Statler and Waldorf. There's nothing worse than a heckler. They should stay out of people's business. Santa Bear, who somehow wiggled his way into the whole episode of my show. Just calm down, Dave. Back to the, the match. He threw him back into the ring, and Roman Reigns hit a Superman punch, and Randy Orton hit an RKO to finish the match. Afterwards, we found out that the main event for Payback will be Seth Rollins versus Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns, and then Reigns finished Monday Night Raw by spearing Seth Rollins. Moving on to Tuesday night, they had the finals to the King of the Ring tournament live on the WWE Network. 
which was a cool thing for them to utilize the network with. Um, it's it's awesome that they have the the live NXT tapings or the, not even the tapings, the live NXT events, and uh, this is just another reason why you should have the WWE Network for exclusive things like this. But the first match of the night, you saw Neville defeating Sheamus. Uh, Dolph Ziggler came out during the match to distract Sheamus, which there goes, there was my hope. I was hoping for Sheamus to win the whole thing. Uh, up next, we saw Bad News Barrett defeat R-Truth after he hit R-Truth in the eyes with his thumbs while the ref wasn't uh, able to see him. And then in the finals, uh, Bad News Barrett defeated Neville to become the 2015 King of the Ring winner. Which, uh, that's, it's awesome. It would have been great for Neville to win. It would have been great for Bad News Barrett to win. Well, I mean, I guess I should say it, it is great for Bad News Barrett to have won. Hopefully, there will be something to come of this instead of just, like, six months of, I'm the king, I'm King Bad News Barrett, or I'm King BMB, or whatever you want to refer to me as. So hopefully there's some sort of title shot there. Although I don't want to see Bad News Barrett go for the Intercontinental Championship again, given the whole Extreme Rules thing, but we'll see where that championship leads. Moving on to SmackDown, Seth Rollins and Kane were backstage arguing to open the show up, and Kane said that Seth Rollins will have to face Dean Ambrose tonight. Uh, then Roman Reigns officially opened up SmackDown, I guess you'd say, with a, or I, I'd say it at least, with a promo inside the ring, uh, he wished Dean Ambrose luck in his match tonight, and then uh, he spoke about Seth Rollins taking his chance to win the championship in the main event at WrestleMania. Kane came down, which led right into a match, and Seth Rollins told him to go out there and prove why he's of any value to the authority earlier in that promo, the, the one that opened up SmackDown. So this was Kane... Proving himself. Reigns ended up defeating Kane via countout when Kane just walked out in the middle of the match. But um, Kane hit Roman Reigns with a sidewalk slam onto the announce table during the match, which I, I thought was cool. I'm way more fine with Roman Reigns fighting Kane than I am with him fighting Big Show. This was at least entertaining. Yeah. And this match actually came to the end. When Roman Reigns missed a spear because Kane rolled out of the ring to just walk off. And afterwards, Renee Young interviewed Seth Rollins. And he said that he'd never run away from a fight like Kane did. And said that he's going to win his match at Payback and doesn't need anyone's help. He also referred to himself as the man. I thought Ric Flair was the man. And we were getting along so great, Fozzie. Brandon doesn't like Ric Flair. Well, I, I thought I could say whatever. No, no, Fozzie, you can, you can say whatever you want. I'm, I'm fine with that. Up next, we saw Damian Sandow defeat Curtis Axel. During his entrance, he repeated everything JoJo everything said. Everything JoJo said. Jinx. No, that's not how jinxes work. Work, Jinx. You done? Good. <laughs> Who the fuck was that? Eddie Murphy? Anyway, Damian Sandow also did what he did when uh, he was with Miz when he was a stunt double and pretended to get thrown outside after he tossed Axel outside, uh, which I'm, I'm fine with this if he keeps it down to like one or two times in a match because I, I do think it is entertaining. And Damien Sandow finished the match with the full Nelson slam after doing the whole Hogan spot, the Hogan boot spot to Axel. Next up, Ryback defeated Luke Harper. This match was good. Yeah, Ryback's um, suplex on Harper during the match was awesome. It was awesome because Luke Harper was the one that went to go set the suplex up, but it was Ryback that was the one that executed it. You know, I I really like Luke Harper's bridging pin. Hell yeah, it's awesome when somebody that the size of Luke Harper can do something like that. And it was great, and Ryback ended up finishing the match by hitting Luke Harper with the shell shock. After the match, the lights went out and Bray Wyatt appeared in the ring where he took Ryback out and then looked at Luke Harper who was seated in the ring in the corner and they smiled. So I don't know if that's going to be anything between them two. Bray Wyatt ended the whole segment by yelling, follow the buzzards. 
So will there be some sort of reformation of the Wyatt family? Maybe, maybe not. Again, with wrestling, time will tell. Yeah, and up next, Cesaro and Tyson Kidd defeated New Day with Big E Langston, dang it, Big E, and Kofi Kingston via disqualification. So they get to, their, to keep their championships. Yeah, this was a great match, just like their match at Extreme Rules. And I think an awesome spot during this match was when Kofi Kingston threw Tyson Kidd out of the ring and Tyson Kidd jumped over Cesaro and skinned the cat off of him. I really liked when Kofi Kingston went to hit a small package on Cesaro, but he lifted him up with a suplex instead, and Tyson Kidd tagged in to dive off the top rope. It was like watching one of the great Gonzo stunts. Unfortunately, when it looked like Cesaro was going to win, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods broke the pin up and continued to beat him down. So there was the disqualification. Uh, New Day still are the tag team champions. Uh, up next, we saw backstage Cameron talking to Summer Rae about what Naomi did to Brie on Raw. Nikki overheard that and challenged Cameron to a match. Nikki also said Cameron is nowhere near as good as Naomi, which is 100% true. And then Naomi walked, uh, then Nikki walked off and Cameron said, are you done? Which it's like, yeah, obviously she's done. She walked away. Uh, the, during the match, Nikki defeated Cameron. And I really, really, really can't wait for Eva Marie to come back to WWE or not back to WWE, back to the main roster. And hopefully she'll be good because I can't take watching Cameron wrestle anymore. I, I really can't. There, there's no reason Cameron just is she's she's not improving as much as she needs to to be on television. So she should not be in these situations. Uh, after that, we saw the main event: Seth Rollins defeat Dean Ambrose. Seth Rollins tried to get Dean Ambrose to back out of their match earlier in the night, which he didn't. And just like that, it seems like SmackDown continues to have better matches than Monday Night Raw. During the match, Kane came out to cheer on Seth Rollins. And Dean Ambrose at one point ended up pushing Seth Rollins into Kane when Kane was on the apron and Kane fell off. Then he did a quick roll-up. Rollins kicked out, pushed him into the rope. And Rollins went to dive outside of... Uh, went to go hit Dean Ambrose. And Seth Rollins threw him outside of the ring onto Kane. Uh, and then Dean Ambrose jumped onto Kane, Seth Rollins, and J&J security. Rollins went to check on Kane, but Kane went to go chokeslam him. Dean Ambrose went to jump on them again from the announce table. Kane caught him with the chokeslam hand. Then the referee threatened to disqualify Seth Rollins, which I think right then and there, Kane put his hands on Dean Ambrose, should have been disqualified. But Kane went towards the referee to like, oh, I'm going to choke slam you. Dean Ambrose ended up tossing him into the ring post. I think at that point, they should have just called this a no contest. Yeah, I, I think so too. But the match continued, and Seth Rollins hit Dean Ambrose with his new finisher to win. And then afterwards, Kane got into Rollins' face, kind of, but then ended up beating Ambrose down. Uh, J&J Security and Seth Rollins jumped in on that. Roman Reigns came out to stop it. He hit Kane with a Superman punch and then took Rollins out, then ended up hitting a double spear on J&J security. Kane got up and went to chokeslam Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns, but they countered it, and Kane ended up getting speared. And that was SmackDown, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, let's, let's take a quick break right now. And you want to say it, Fozzie? Sure, okay. We'll be right back here on Marking Out. This is Chris Payne, and you're listening to Marking Out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. This is episode 221. Uh, unfortunately, this past week, uh, legendary pro wrestler and promoter for AWA, Vern Gagne, passed away. Um, he trained so many of the great wrestlers like Kurt Hennig, Iron Sheik, Bob Backlund, and even Ric Flair. We at Marking Out, we'd like to offer our condolences to his family and friends. Moving on to some outside the ring news. Uh, 
I should have mentioned this earlier when I was talking about the Roman Reigns and Big Show stuff, but uh, apparently Big Show has a movie coming out starring him and Dean Cain called Vendetta. Uh, I believe that comes out June 12th. So will it keep Big Show off television till then uh, so he can come back and be like, oh, come see my movie, this and that. Look at me. I star in this film. Uh, time will tell with that. Apparently, WWE might want to turn Lana face and make her come out as American when she splits with Rusev. I think that's dumb. You know, I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot. Because there's, you never know what's gonna what's gonna hit with every with the fans and what's not, what's gonna work, what's not. So if they want to take her from Rusev and make her American, just as long as something big happens with Rusev, where he's allowed to go out there and maybe look like a, a serious contender for maybe the World Heavyweight Championship or the WWE Championship. Sorry, uh, I'm, I'm fine with it. That also leaves the question, will Lana become a wrestler or something? Can she even wrestle? Is she trained to wrestle? I don't know. I feel like Mike Francesa. I feel like uh, Lex Luger. And your t-shirts are too tight too, Billy. That is why I only wear scarves. Waka waka. Uh, um, WWE 2K15 this week. Uh, it was released on the computer. It's 50 bucks, and I must say it looks a lot better than the PlayStation 3 version or the Xbox 360 version. Uh, it looks really good. The graphics look awesome. The titles look so much better in that game than they do on the PlayStation 3 from what I've seen, uh, which was a huge disappointment because the titles on PlayStation 3 last year were shiny and everything, and now it's just flat. But... Uh, all the DLC from the games come for free on the place on the computer version. You get the both Stings, both Hogan's, uh, NXT, uh, one more match, Path to the Warrior, um, Mark Henry Hall Payne, WCW Pack, the Move Pack. Everything's free, so I guess that's some some incentive to go buy it on a computer, and. Uh, Hopefully, soon enough, we'll see some really cool mods out there because people are, like, mind-blowing when it comes to computers and what they can get into and change. So maybe we'll see some cool superstars or divas or past wrestlers or female wrestlers or new venues even in uh, WW2K15 when people finally get their hands on the computer version and work their way into it. Uh, obviously, that's not going to be available. Well, maybe. Maybe people can mod it and put it online. I have no clue. I don't know how that works, but it'll be interesting to see. Moving on to some independent wrestling. This past uh, this past weekend, we had PWS Spring Breakdown taking place up in uh, Rahway, New Jersey. We saw Chris Payne defeat Anthony Bowens to advance in the TV title tournament. Brian Myers picked up the win against the drunken swashbuckler to advance in that tournament as well. Uh, we also saw Starman pick up the victory against Delroy for the TV title tournament. And the lifeguard, Mike Dell, picked up the victory against Devin Moore to advance in that tournament. So those four will compete against each other, I think, or maybe compete two-on-two -two or one-on-one -on -one and then go on to one-on-one -on -one again. I don't know. Uh, which that's probably how it'll work. But uh, we also had the Heavenly Bodies pick up the victory against Kevin Matthews and Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, a masked assailant attacked Kevin Matthews. There's been a masked assailant guy going around there attacking Kevin Matthews as of late. So I wonder who that is. We'll find out hopefully soon. We also saw Dan Moff pick up the victory against Brian Cage. Uh, we had the Tag Team Championships on the line. The defending champions, Handicap Heroes, picked up the victory and retained their titles against the Reynolds Brothers and Team 3D, or the Dudley Boys, whatever you want to refer to them as. We also saw Habib from the Car Wash pick up the victory. Uh, or, yeah, pick up the victory. Also retained the championship, the Suicidal Six-Way title, against... Johnny Howe, 
Matt McIntosh, Craven Varro, Eddie Kingston, and Bobby Wayward. And the PWS Championship was also on the line. Uh, newly crowned champion Mario Bokura retained the title against former champion Fala Ba. The uh, next PWS event will be taking place on May 23rd at the Rahway Rec Center. It will be Double Trouble Rumble, where they announce that there will be two rings. So that, that, that'll be interesting. Definitely something you should go and check out. On May 6th in Blackwood, New Jersey, we're going to be seeing CZW Dojo Wars 26. It's just $5. You get five matches, $5. It's a student show. But again, I, don't, I wouldn't call that kind of a show a student show because they're all pretty damn good. And on Friday, May 8th, at the Brick Elks Lodge in Brick, New Jersey, we're going to be seeing JCW. Um, some matches that are going to be happening. You're going to see Danny DeManto teaming up with Too Hot Steve Scott to uh, take on EYFBO. You're going to be seeing Bandito Jr. versus Arcadia. Uh, Jaka is going to look to take on the champion here. Champion, of course, at JCW is Joey Janela. Other people in the house that night will uh, will be seeing Scott Hall and X-Pac, Sean Waltman. So what's going to happen with uh, Eric Andretti and Damian Darling, the tag team champions there, huh? We've seen them in the past. There's uh, some bad blood there. And uh, we're going to be also seeing Chris Dickinson. You're going to be seeing Devin Storm. Nick Gage will be there. So definitely check it out. Brick, New Jersey. Elks Lodge, May 8th. Doors are at 6.45. Bell time, 7.45. Switching back over to CZW, uh, you got a double header with WSW presenting power and CZW proving grounds at the Flyer Skate Zone in Voorhees, New Jersey on May 9th, which is my birthday. Uh, you could, the, 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 you, uh, what is the WSU show starts at 4 PM and you're going to be seeing the tag, the WSU tag team championships on the line, which is, uh, Annie social and Kimberly versus Rick Cataldo and Brittany Savage. You're going to be seeing the WSU spirit championship tournament, uh, first round matches, a bunch of people in it. You got Leva Bates, Veda Scott, you got Brittany Blake, um, Solo Darling, a ton of a ton of others. Make sure you check that out. You also have the WSU World Championship on the line. Champion Lufisto taking on Cherry Bomb. And that's uh, it's definitely definitely an event you should check out. Uh, after that, you got the CZW Proving Ground starting at 8 p.m. You're going to be seeing uh, Gulak, Drew Gulak, taking on Nick Gage. The CZW Wired Championship is on the line. Chainsaw Joe Gacy versus Speedball Mike Bailey. You got the CZW Heavyweight Championship on the line. Also, Black G's looking to defend that championship against Bulldozer Matt Tremont. There's going to be so many more matches. You got Andrew Everett in the house. You got Danny Havoc, Trevor Lee, Sozio, Bill Carr, and Bucks Belmar versus the Beaver Boys. You got Joey Janela versus John Gresham versus Pepper Parks versus Caleb Conley. Milk Chocolate will be there. Uh, check it out. CZWWrestling.com for more information there. Hey, y'all. Aren't you going to talk about my oh, news? Come, come on. on. Well, I, I guess if we must. Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins was announced as the new senior producer of creative and talent development for TNA. He's uh, no stranger to pro wrestling as... He helped run Resistance Pro Wrestling in Chicago. And before that, he even had a few cameos in the original ECW. So whether or not this is a good thing for, for uh, TNA, I don't know. I don't know either. And I'll stink. Y you can't just judge something based off of a hayride in the winter, Tom. You got to have a fire and light it. Waka uh, waka? <laughs> Waka waka indeed. Well, y'all just love taking chainsaws to unicorn, don't you? You can leave now. Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, Dave, hold on. There's still one more TNA thing I want to cover. Just one more thing. There's a ton of things you can cover for TNA. Hey, well, Dixie, I don't care. The only thing that I mainly care about with TNA is the fact that 
Well, actually, I should say that I care that Ethan Carter III could be champion soon. I also just wanted to say that Jeff Hardy broke his leg in a motorbike accident. So hopefully he'll be able to recover from that soon. He is the tag team champion currently with his brother Matt for the very first time in TNA. So hopefully he'll be able to get back in the ring soon. And and just to go back to the Billy Corgan thing for a second, I it, it almost seems as if he's trying to rehash the WWE's Attitude Era almost, where as if he goes and says anything will happen or anything can happen. Like it could be uh, about race, a storyline, gender, um, sexual orientation or whatever. Uh, I don't know if, if I got that wrong, but that's what I gathered from the interview and all, all that he's been saying about him working with TNA now. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's going to do anything. Every time TNA brings somebody in for a, a creative thing, it just seems to flop. So, I mean, we've seen when Dave Lagana was brought in, we, all of us on this podcast, had high hopes. I think when Hogan was brought in, we, we had high hopes. And it just, nope, it, it fell flat. There nothing, absolutely nothing came of it. And it's like, we wanted to watch this product. We tuned in to watch this product. And it just, it just flatlined. And I still watch TNA. I know, I assume Chris doesn't. I know David doesn't. So it's, it's just one of those things. And, and there's still those rumors that TNA is having those money problems um, even though they do have some of their talents posting pictures of their paychecks and posting on Instagram, not Instagram, on Twitter. I don't even know why I said Instagram. I don't even use Instagram. But posting on Twitter that um, that they have been paid and they post the pictures of their, their checks. So I don't, I don't necessarily know if everyone there is getting paid. Uh, I don't know if... Some of the, the lower card talent is getting paid. But it's like, obviously, Matt Hardy is going to be paid. It's it's Matt Hardy. So, it's, that's TNA. That's It's the story that it, it goes round and round with them. You hope for a better product, and nothing, nothing ever comes of it. But before we move on to Shameless Plugs, I just wanted to quickly touch on the big fight that'll be taking place on Saturday, which is Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Money Mayweather. Uh, it's a match, I guess, that's been uh, that's been uh, years in the making. And normally I'd root for the person most closely associated with wrestling, that being Mayweather, but he's just an asshole. So I have no choice but to want to see him get knocked out or something. And I just have to say that I absolutely love the fact that Mike, to Mike Tyson, you can't say Tyson without saying that, Mike Tyson. I love the fact that Mike Tyson called Mayweather a very small, scared man because Mayweather said that he's better than Muhammad Ali. So Friday, we'll see. We'll see who gets, uh, who gets the win there. Oh, also, it's, it's time for another top five matches that would have been awesome had Justin Gabriel been in it. Number one, we have Edge and Christian versus the Dudley Boys versus the Hardy Boys versus Justin Gabriel in a TLC match at WrestleMania 17. Number two, we have Triple H versus Shawn Michaels versus Justin Gabriel in an unsanctioned street fight at SummerSlam 2002. Number three, we have Pedro Morales versus Bruno San Martino versus Justin Gabriel at Showdown, Showdown at Shea in 1972. Uh, fourth, we have Christopher Daniels versus AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe versus Justin Gabriel at TNA Unbreakable 2005. And last but not least, number five, we have Beth Phoenix versus Katie Lee versus Justin Gabriel which would make it the first ever intergender ladder match instead of the first ever Divas ladder match at an OVW show in 2006, 
So those are my top five matches, or more top five matches that would have been awesome if Justin Gabriel was in them. Uh, Dave, shameless plugs? Shameless plugs. That's right. It's Dave, the rave that all the ladies crave. And I am going to give you my shameless plugs. Wait a minute. If you're Dave and I'm Louie Anderson, then how do we both really exist? Well, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Well, I want to say that you could just say, Survey says shameless plugs? No, well, I'm just going to go ahead and announce my shameless plugs. Well, that was really cheesy. Everyone remember to follow the United Podcast Network at United Podcasts. Follow Legend Killer 2 k 8 Follow... Jonathan Faust, at Mr. John Faust. There's no H, just J-O-N. Remember to follow President Bits. Uh, you can also follow at Reverse Enemsage. Also, you can follow our broski up in Montreal, at MTL Broski. And you can follow Bmont and B, at MYWC underscore sign guy. Thank you, everybody, for supporting us and telling your followers to follow us. Brandon, any shout-outs? Brandon, shout-outs! First shout-out goes to the Mets. Uh, I went to the Yankees-Mets game on Saturday, and it was great to see them win in Yankee Stadium, especially after all the Yankees fans were up on their high horses after breaking the 11-game winning streak. So I know there was a bunch of 21-1 and Brock Lesnar uh, fan that was surprised that Undertaker lost at WrestleMania memes. But uh, it was nice. It was nice to see the Mets win. Next up is Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, the episode that aired this week really, really got me super pumped for the Avengers Age of Ultron. And I really, I hope to see it this weekend. And the last shout-out goes to the person with the Be My Virgil sign on Raw. I really like the Hakuna Maitata sign, but the heart-shaped Be My Virgil was hilarious. Um, now I guess it's time for... Our... awesome and that's right it's time for our mark out moment of the week and i i have to say 100 it goes to seeing john silver chris payne and the big o uh seeing their videos during smackdown when they had that that uh the tough enough videos uh it was really cool i didn't expect to see john silver chris payne or big o even though i have seen big o's video uh they'd be great great people to have on tough enough all three of them could really, really be molded by WWE. And it'd be awesome to see them on the show. And before we go, I wanted to quickly mention, or before I go, come on, let's be serious. <laughs> I mean, come on. But before I go, I just wanted to mention really quickly that uh, Saturday, August 22nd at the NYCB Theater at Westbury in Westbury, New York on Long Island. You can go see Hippie Fest. Rick Derringer will be playing there. Uh, I have no connection with Rick Derringer, but, uh, if you guys want to go here, uh, I assume he'll be playing it. The theme song, the Hulk Hogan theme song, Real American. You can check it out. He's playing with Badfinger, Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels, and Sly, Sly Stone's Family Stone. So, check that out. And thank you so much, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to this week's episode, Marking Out 220. Just a little SNL joke right there. What an episode it was. Uh, I want to thank everybody, all the guests for being on. I want to thank Fozzie Bear. I want to thank Winnie the Pooh Bear. Uh, thanks, Mike Francesa, for doing absolutely nothing. Uh, thank you, I guess I'll thank Yogi Bear, even though he wasn't really supposed to be on. Um, Dave, you're cool. Not really. Just kidding. But seriously, you're not. Quite frankly, I still have no idea why I even 
why I'm thanking those people since they're not really people. <laughs> and if you couldn't tell that by now, they were just it was just me, which I feel really bad for you if you couldn't tell that it was just me. But uh, I didn't even think this show was going to happen this week because I recorded for two hours and all this editing and everything, and I saved it. It magically got erased, and I was able to re-record it. So what you're hearing is basically like one hour worth of content, which, I mean, I wish it was longer, but uh, it was four hours, maybe four, five, maybe five and a half hours worth of work. So hopefully you guys like it. Hopefully there's some good, great feedback, positive feedback. If not, I understand it's completely fun. You won't uh, hurt anything but my feelings, so... Um, you could like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash out. You could follow us on Twitter at out. You could follow me on Twitter at BTTG161, which I don't think I did at the beginning of the show. Uh, you could follow Dave on Twitter at DaveTheRave underscore M-O. And we wish you the... Have a fantastic week.